0: All right, we are recording, so we are live. Just talk to me. And let me hear your sound.
1: How does it sound from here, or from here? Because I think I was back here before, but now yeah. if I get up here, how does that sound? That sounds a lot better. Okay, Five, uh, four, let's do it. Three, two, one, go.
0: Well, you know what I was thinking today, uh, I was thinking this weekend, actually, that the journey to becoming an energy advisor is one that a bunch of uh, people are about to take, and I know that we are both on that journey together, and it has been a rather um, convoluted journey, just getting... To a place where i think we understand the process has been a challenge and here we are uh foundations exam is kind of like step one for somebody who wants to become an energy advisor and i wanted to talk to you as somebody who is brand new to the energy advising space you have a lot of technical background you're competent professional you're smart individual and yet this has still been a challenging experience for you and i wanted to hear more about that so as you approach the foundations exam, you're scheduled to take it in a couple of days. Uh, what was the path like to get here? So uh,
1: just for context, the foundations exam proves that you know enough about construction to be an energy advisor. So I would say almost all the builders listening to this could with it with, I don't know, five, six hours of you know just quick rehearsing, studying. Oh, yeah, that's what's code. Um, Could pass what you know The the government is asking me to pass I don't have that Wealth of experience Um, And this is actually essentially This process is supposed to weed people like me Out so they Don't want me um, To become an energy advisor Because they don't think you know I if if I Can't build a building I I don't know enough so um, It's uh, It's been daunting to Take this step forward and Go, okay. I'm going to learn how to build a house. Um, I, I've done construction demolition on and off lots, lots through my career. It's just never been my specialty. I'm normally the office guy. Um, I'm normally systems, processes, websites, uh, podcasts, all like, uh, you know, design, coding. This is where I live, not. You know, a two by six versus a two by four and how to you know what joists work with what and what rafters are needed in what situation. So um yeah, this is definitely out of my comfort zone.
0: Which I totally appreciate, which is part of why I think your voice matters so much in this podcast, because sitting here as a licensed builder, uh I have some distinct advantages, you know, also being a ticketed carpenter. I, I understand what a threshold is. But that isn't the being a carpenter isn't the requirement to being an energy advisor and in some capacity as i sit here on the you know on the front of this journey forecasting into the future i actually think that you'll be a better better energy advisor than i will uh just because of the way that your mind works and your thorough process systems driven uh brain actually is a real asset and so that's why we're doing this together and why i've never done this before wasn't the excuse that we used uh to limit you from taking this opportunity but um yeah it has been it's challenging what what have you okay so other than like terminology and understanding basic construction principles what are some other challenges you faced in this process uh, challenges um well with any government institution
1: there are, there's a lot of red tape um, and government speak and random links and you should do these 50 things. And so it wasn't until we connected with uh, somebody locally um, who really could walk us through what was supposed to happen and, and what to actually pay attention to and what not to do that all of a sudden it felt doable for us. Because walking in, we had no clue where to go government website was not really straightforward and helpful. And so my recommendation is if you're somebody basically trying to figure out what's next, find somebody in that industry who um is willing to share their secrets or willing to at least uh tell you what it takes. That was that was absolutely instrumental for us. But yeah, that was a huge, a huge block for us because we had no idea where to go.
0: Which is actually where I wanted to go with this, Matt. So uh, you know, there was a point in time not too long ago where we literally sat in front of the the google machine and said how do you become an energy advisor and what did we discover well so
1: we're located in british columbia canada which is on the west coast um and what we discovered was there was different levels and there was different organizations that would help you progress through the levels but they didn't actually have to help you progress through the levels and there was different exams that you had to take and the preparation for that exam wasn't in a textbook, it was spewed throughout all these different links, some of them inactive um, through different government websites. So it was, it was just all over the place.
0: So we actually went through a process, when I say we, uh, that's being way too generous. You went through the very yeah. arduous process, and you compiled a study guide. How many pages long was that?
1: Uh, I'll say I probably grabbed anywhere between 50 to 70% of the material, and it was almost 200 pages um, as far as th- just just boilerplate things that you should know. But again, remember this exam isn't... Oh, this, see, this is the crazy part about this exam, and I'm just going to complain about this specific instance and this one and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry that you might never have to run into this, but the exam isn't necessarily... Uh, the questions aren't derived exactly from what we're studying. They're derived from all the experience that whoever's writing the exam goes, oh, somebody should know how to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm studying, hoping to learn what X, Y, and Z is, whereas people like you, Brandon, have just experienced X, Y, and Z and have gone, oh, I've tried to do that and that didn't work. This is obviously, this should be best practice and this is how Um, you know, this is how you should think about this in this situation. And this is why this is happening. This is why mold is growing or, 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 you know, there's condensation on the windows, all that kind of stuff. I can, I can read into that and, and give, and they give me three examples. But what if there's a fourth example I haven't, I I haven't read about, and that's what the test is asking me about. That's what I've been running into.
0: So, and I'm going to step in here, you know, speaking on behalf of like experienced tradesmen, Um, So you downloaded a few hundred pages. Just click the link. Where does this take me? Copy and paste. So what we wanted to do was take all the distributed sending us in in, in hundreds of different directions, bring that into one place. So we had one long list of things that we could like go through to figure out what are we actually going to be tested on because there really is no resources for this. There is no uh test data bank there is no training courses like third-party training providers because it seems like this is a you got it or you don't and unless you can figure out how to pass the foundations exam don't even think about playing in the energy advisor space is that the impression you were getting too
1: yeah now it might be totally different in idaho or ontario or new york no idea how they do what they do um, but for us, and, and it makes sense, they wanted seasoned professionals to come into this space so that way they could genuinely help builders build homes.
0: Yeah, and, you know, th- still speaking on behalf of somebody with some experience in construction, uh, it was difficult. And, uh, you know, I think it was a, it would be a generous overstatement or very optimistic to say with, uh, you know, five, five, five hours of studying, if you knew exactly what to study, I think that's still optimistic the ch- The challenge i faced as well is figuring out what i was actually going to be tested on because uh we're still on a we're still in a place where you know net zero or energy conscious building construction is uh what am i going to say it's still on the leading edge of construction knowledge general construction knowledge so it this wasn't intuitive this by any uh, any stretch of the imagination was a complicated process to figure out what we were going to be tested on and then what they were testing us on because i've written the foundation exam and i was able to pass that um it's it's technical it's in the weeds details um on top of some just general construction practice like is is this a threshold or is this a sash or there was one question there where they asked me to name a part of a truss uh in a basic gable roof assembly i'd never seen that before i'd never heard about that before uh (laughs) i could weed two of the four multiple choice questions out but then i had to guess i I had to guess what is that cross member called anyways so that was me um
1: and and what we're learning is that the high standard that at least in bc and i would assume across the board that we're seeing should give builders and um home designers a ton of confidence that the people who have these accreditations who are here to help them make the home as energy efficient as possible really know what they're talking about yeah you um, can't just they really had to push through
0: it you can't fake this like it, i I was looking for the most efficient route through this and uh and it was not apparent to me uh that there were any shortcuts to this um so that's why we're just putting the work in like literally just dedicating weeks to studying this and uh and Matt, you know, we've had the privilege, we're do also doing some some certification through Passive House Canada to become uh, designer consultants uh, through them, which is actually, we've sat through days and days and days of training, which was really a leg up for us in understanding a lot of the, the techno jargon uh, in this process. Can you elaborate on what that was like from your perspective?
1: Yeah. In some ways, the, the small advantages I did have by starting out fresh was I didn't have to relearn what a bunch of things were. I'm assuming if I had been part of a construction crew, we would have come up with our own lingo for certain things, and we just all would have understood. Right? So um, an example of one I know of is poly. So everyone knows what poly is. You know, it's that thick plastic stuff that you wrap around and you cover up. You use it as a tarp. You use it in construction. You know, you use it for a lot of things. Well. At no point in, in any of these uh, study guides or quizzes or tests or talking to Passive House does anybody say the word poly. So I'm, I'm hearing words I've never heard before, and there's three different kinds of poly out there, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So um, I, I'm having to relearn and rethink how certain things go. So I would assume for anybody out there who had to really like relearn the dictionary of what all these things are, it would have taken time. It would have taken some, oh, I've got some unlearning to do, or I've got to rethink or remake some new connections, um, because I didn't know what these things were actually called.
0: Yeah, uh, that's real. And it's polyethylene vapor retarder. (laughs) That's what the technical term is. Yes, of course. We all knew that, yes. I've never ever use that terminology uh at the hardware store or on the job site so okay moving on now matt one of the things you you did a lot of the deep digging kind of navigating into the darkness it's not like navigating to the fog of how to become an energy advisor we discovered a couple things in the in the very beginning uh there's certified energy advisors there's foundation exam there's a certified energy advisor exam there's MERBs multi-use unit residential buildings and then there's service organizations what is a service organization.
1: So here in Canada, service organization is, uh, um, I would say tier two. So if the government is tier three, the service organization is tier two, and then the lowly energy advisors tier one, the service organization in tier two, as it's been explained to me, is the final stopgap to make sure everything you're doing is right. So you have to submit whatever work you do as an energy advisor or an EA um, to that service organization, it then gets double checked. Somebody triple checks your work, essentially, and then that gets rubber stamped and passed on. And if you miss something, they talk to you about it and they walk you through it. And it's the service organization's job to stay as up to date as possible and work closely with the government. So instead of the government working with, you know, twenty thousand EAs, they're only working with thirty or five or, or fifty, you know, or two hundred. I don't know how many SOs. So their their connections and the amount of work that they have to put in with certain relationships goes down, which is smart for them. Um, But then
0: those SOs then help them actually get the work done and and service the country. So because one of the big confusions, I mean, we're talking a couple of weeks of like, what do you mean we need to get a service organization to certify us to become energy advisors? Because we understood energy advisors and SOs as the same thing. And we thought we have to go cold call our competition and say, please, 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 train us to become your competition and we need you the gatekeeper the so to let us in so we can play this game called energy advisor and thankfully that's not exactly the case because so's and energy advisors are on different tiers as uh, as matt you just described there but still getting on to an so how do you do that
1: and that and that was the that was the interesting thing lots of cold calls just hey i'm interested in this and i'm a smart guy what do i do and I got lots of different answers. I got answers of, hey, we're too busy to train and, and, and help some more people out right now, yeah. um, which, which let's be fair. In the last two years, like we're recording, what, August of 2021, the, the construction industry in Canada has been going nuts the last two years. I would assume the same in the States. Just people don't have time. Um, and so they're, they're already full and they know they need to grow and expand. But they're, you know, So I got that answer a couple of times. Um, I got other people saying, "Yeah, sure, we'll work with you," and then just never emailed back again, or just took forever to do that. Um, so, and and people who were legitimately cagey about this, right? Like I'm basically saying, "Hey, I want to do your job. How do I do your job?" And at that point, you have a uh, a real decision to make about whether you want to help somebody do what you do. Are you confident enough that they're not going to be able to? Um, execute at the level that you're able to? Or are you um, so scared that there's not enough work to go around? Or are you, uh, there's just a lot of questions going through people's minds when they say, hey, I want to do what you do. So thankfully, we did find a service organization that was um, all about, you know, uh, what do they say, say a rising tide lifts all boats. And they were really interested in having everybody um, do well. And and so we thankfully finally connected with uh, the Canadian Home Builders Association uh here in BC and they've been instrumental in giving us confidence moving forward.
0: Yeah, and Matt, I think that's I could just hear people going, Okay, so who do you call, who do you call, who do you call, being the the big question on the table. And so we talked to Canadian Home Builders Association, uh we talked to their BC, the provincial rep here, and um and she was just phenomenal. And and here's here's what I discovered in this process that i think would apply to most people non-profit service organizations approach the market differently than for-profit service organizations and i think that's an important distinction and the canadian home builder association is an example of a of a service organization that's registered with the government that can oversee energy advisors but they are a non entity and as soon as we accidentally fumbled into that i mean matt i just remember how excited you were when you called me going i just got off the phone with this lady i'm not gonna say her name just because i don't (laughs) so she's gonna get 400 phone calls uh and you're just pumped because finally we got the breakthrough somebody that could explain the nuances of of this process to us we still had a ton of work to do but what were some of the highlights of that call
1: well, just to take a step back, so we have a big dream that we've been moving towards, and maybe we'll talk about that on another podcast, but it was starting to feel like that dream couldn't become a reality because we we just were running into so many roadblocks. And so um, when I finally talked to uh, this young lady, she, was, she just answered all my questions. You know when you talk to somebody and they know what they're talking about? so. Uh, funny story, my wife and I, we went to Home Depot one time, and we're trying to hook up this random washing machine to our sink, and we're trying to get some pieces for it. And I kid you not, and this is a true story, every single time my wife turned to the guy or I turned to the guy and said, hey, do you have one of these things? We're trying to connect this hose um, to this sink thing. And he goes, no, it doesn't exist, or if it does, we don't have it. My wife, I, I, I believe people when they say something. So when that, I turn to a professional and they say, this doesn't exist, I'm like, oh, shoot, honey, what are we going to do? And she's looking up and down the aisle. She's not, she's not buying it. She finds this thing two minutes later and he goes, oh, well, that, oh, yeah, well, I guess we have that. And then we ask for something else. Oh, no, we don't have that. That doesn't exist. What does my wife do up and down the aisle again? And, oh, yeah, here it is. So that happened. I can't, like at least four times, I would say five times. And it's just a joke now. When you go into Home Depot, don't let somebody tell you they don't have it. Use your eyes and go look for it yourself. But because, because we've been through those experiences where, where people have just told us, oh, no, don't know, uh, I, uh, you know, and they cover their own insecurities or their own lack of knowledge with this, no, this doesn't exist or we don't have that. To finally talk to somebody who really knew the answers and understood and then was able to articulate where to go and how to perceive things oh my goodness brandon game changer so that's why i was so excited this dream that we had i felt like it might uh it might take a pretty big hit and then all of a sudden we have a path forward it was it was an awesome moment
0: yeah because it was definitely we were getting the impression that the gatekeepers who held all the keys to our ability to participate in this arena were just difficult and they were just defiant or defiant being the it's a, it's a heavy-handed word uh they were reluctant preoccupied slow to communicate um so it was rather discouraging going and we're going to need to depend on these people in this process and it was like getting into bed with a shady partner it just was not not something that we wanted any part of so uh i'm really really grateful for how this has transitioned still we have to go through the work of certification. So what happened then? So we talked to the service organization, said, yeah, there's hope. They pointed us down the path of needing to write our own foundation's exam. And then what happened?
1: Uh, And then we got to studying. So uh, we really... uh started pulling up all the like we talked about at the beginning all the government material that they had um everything from how air escapes and the stack effect and the combustion effect and the wind effect and you know okay and then okay i get your head wrapped around that and all of a sudden you're talking about building envelope systems and and uh you know uh how much i think the crazy thing that we learned uh one of the big takeaways was uh, I think a typical four-person family produces more moisture than anything, any other activity you do in the house by like four or five times. So if you think, oh, cooking or showering would, would add a lot of moisture to your home, just living and breathing adds four to five times that amount on any given week, which blew our minds. And we got that question wrong, I can tell you that much.
0: Yes, that's breathing and perspiring hey matt your phone's ringing in the background <laughs> but it's we'll just, but it's down here so we'll just wait for it and we're just going to cut this section right out okay yeah it's so, okay so yeah it was pretty remarkable some of the details that we were um, we were discovering and and i have to say something that did work okay so you take a few hundred pages of um like all the technical jargon like that heavy-handed government documentation specification rich and then you just We distilled that i think you did like a 50 page kind of condensed version uh and ultimately i'm gonna say when i when i studied and uh and again i just i'm gonna say i was successful in passing my exam my focus of study was on i want to say it's that it's a, a 18 page study guide from that where they list your are the most difficult things that they that people typically fail on so i figured if i could understand those things and there's quizzes in the process. I think it's a 50 page thing, but it's a the government makes it. You can review it. And it at least allowed me as a learner to see through their lens the type of questions they were going to be asking. And uh and and admittedly some of the questions are almost verbatim from that in the exam, like a portion of them. So it's like getting five free answers on the 150 page, 150 question exam uh which was a distinct advantage. Uh so I ended up I didn't I didn't know that it was going to be exactly that, but I ended up spending a bunch of time uh reading and reviewing that over and over again until that felt comfortable and uh and thankfully that that paid dividends uh come exam time.
1: Yeah, and so we're uh we're moving down this road. Uh so our like our, our big hairy audacious goal, it's called the BHAG. I've never been a fan of the but I just like I like the idea of this awesome thing we're pursuing is um, the reason we're out down this road is because there's just not enough housing um, and affordable housing for everyone I know. Um, I feel like my generation, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I have savings. Um, I've been able to, to get where I'm going and have some financial flexibility. But I'm looking around and going, Brandon, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to afford a house. Uh, and you're, you're not too much older than me um and probably more financially literate than i am and i'm and i'm also saying and you're also thinking the same thing and so we're sitting here going how can we with the government starting to push for a higher level of energy efficiency so essentially the government's going to force us to spend more money building homes which is going to make home building harder which is going to drive up demand and is also going to make building new homes more complicated more expensive is there a way around this? And so that's what we're kind of working on, um, Brandon. What, when talking about why we're pursuing energy advising? Because this is something we haven't brought up till this episode. Um, I'm curious why. Why are you doing this?
0: Yeah, Matt, you touched on it. The way building trends are going, they're more complicated. They're more expensive, uh, and I think that works against everybody that I know and care about that is struggling to afford a home. When in Kelowna where we are I mean eight hundred thousand is the bottom of the market and uh, and it goes up significantly from there and it's like okay so you got into the eight hundred thousand dollar home that should be a teardown okay so because the quarter million needed to renovate it and then when the city's going to mandate renovations potentially to step code uh, and we're looking at all the extraneous complication cost and and complexity for that I just that's uh, that's a problem that needs to be addressed, and I believe that we are resourceful people uh, as a, as a community, as a building community, as a team here uh, in the office, um, and also as a global community of like we're going to build environmentally conscious homes. So the question we're trying to ask is how do we build affordable, environmentally conscious, high performance homes? How do we do that? And I think if we understand the lens through which we are being evaluated. Hence, becoming energy advisors, we're going to be able to see see the issue from a different facet, uh, because we're going to know the target we have to hit, and then we can get creative on how to actually accomplish that. Because sometimes the most energy efficient solution is one that requires uh, a lot of extra materials and a lot of extra manpower, so it ends up becoming a complicated, costly solution. So, uh, our our journey is to become subject matter experts, so that we can we can have informed. Solutions that actually move the needle. And if we can uh, meet all the government's expectations on what a build needs to be and do it in a cost effective way, then uh, we're winning.
1: One of the things we're looking at too um, if you have friends out in Europe, uh, say in the UK, buying a home is a generational affair. Paying off that home, your children will pay off that home. That's just expected. Now, part of that is they just ran out of room, right? Like they don't have enough space to put everybody so they just say this is this is the cost of living and this is how you know and, and this is how expensive it is and and there's no cheap land so this is how like you're going to pay an exorbitant amount and you get to you get to live here but you're never going to really generate wealth here um whereas here in Canada North America one of the great ways that the lower and middle classes have been able to generate wealth is by owning their own homes and so um we're not going to run out of land here that's not the issue um but what we what we are looking at is a situation where we get priced out of the market uh brandon said eight hundred thousand dollars starting in kelowna would probably be probably on the higher end for canada uh, but in the u.s that's that's roughly six hundred fifty thousand dollars um, for a uh probably a pretty simple two-bedroom like like pretty Standard that might even get you a slightly nicer condo, right? So this is this is uh, if you want the American dream of that that house with a veranda, we're talking millions of dollars already. And so, yeah, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to find a way to do this well, so that way people don't have to live in poverty and can uh, and can have an awesome home that generates wealth for them, and uh, and they can
0: work their way to
1: the life that they want
0: yeah and matt you you nailed it and that's why that's why this podcast exists because i would rather share what we've learned along the process to save people i can tell you we'll save you a month of time based on the last 27 minutes of podcast uh, because it took us a month of of focused effort to discover how to start this process and uh, and we want you to be as good or better than us at this, we're going to set a high standard. We're in. You can count on us to be uh, advocates and champions and professionals in this space uh, because we have high standards for ourselves. But we are also collaborative team members of the building community, um, and we just want to make sure that everybody else has the resources we've worked to gain, and we want to share. That's just it. Because we're going to be better together. We can't do this alone. You can't do this alone, and uh, and we're here to participate and do our part.
1: That being said, if you have anybody you want to hear from, um, it, it's it's a lot of fun being able to ring people up and say, "Hey, do you want to be on a podcast?" And they're like, you want to talk to me? We're like, "Yeah, you're awesome. Why wouldn't we want to talk to you?" So if you have somebody you want to hear from, um, or maybe you're in a municipality or a city where you're like, "This is way too difficult. I need somebody to interview somebody from the government on this uh, subject to to help fast track my learning on this," um, reach out to us. Uh, Net Zero to Hero. Um, com is uh is a great place hit the contact button um and uh, let us know who you want to hear from in the future and we'll do our best to get them on there also we just love to hear from you if there's things uh you like about the show great if there's things you don't like about the show you know we'll just be shattered on the inside and we'll probably just stop doing (laughs) it we'll cry about
0: it (laughs) yeah
1: we'll just give up so um but yeah we'd love we'd love your guys's Mm -hmm. feedback and uh we're also uh, feel free to check out the net zero to hero a Facebook group where we upload uh, upload uh, all the, all of our learning and actually from this conversation we're going to be uploading uh, that list of things that uh, Brandon was mentioning where where people fail most. Um, that's something that will not be uh, that that will probably be uh, consistent across all states and provinces that you're you're a part of. And if you're just curious where people kind of fail down the fall down the most, um, we're going to post that in the Facebook group.
0: Awesome. Brandon, it was a pleasure. Yeah, Matt, Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Thanks for listening to the Net Zero to Hero podcast. Be sure to visit our website at netzero2hero netzerotohero.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and gain access to our free resources and materials.